Hey everybody, thank you for joining us on The Radical Road. This is Matt and Jess. Welcome back, everyone. So, big news coming to you this week. We put the new truck on the road. Put the new truck on the road. The brand new red Peterbilt has seen two days already. Approximately, what have we done in two days? Actually, we left Sunday. So this is day three. We're up to 1,600 miles. Yeah. And her name, as you guys have all seen probably on uh, social media, is Crimson Creed, also known as Cece. Crimson means covered by the blood of Jesus. And creed is a set of beliefs, principles, or opinions that strongly influence the way that people live or work. Uh, We really felt like that was a great name for what God has called us um, to do with the Radical Road. So Crimson Creed is the perfect name for her. Don't you think, Matt? Yes. I call her Cece for short. (laughs) And she gets down the road, let me tell you. This thing's cool. If you haven't seen pictures on our Instagram and Facebook yet, where can they go see that? At the Radical Road. And yeah, she sure is beautiful inside and out. (laughs) Just like us, Matt. Oh, brother. (laughs) Here we go with the bad jokes already. (laughs) But this truck, Crimson Creed, she's exactly the truck that God put in my vision before we even left Utah to do the Radical Road. God put a truck and a vision and it looks exactly like Crimson Creed. He said that she's going to be the color of my blood because I'm going to cover you and protect you while you're in this truck. Yes. And it's been a warm start to things. I think we've been traveling in over 100 degree weather all three days and a stiff 30 mile an hour wind. So this thing's had to get it, get its workout going right out of the gate. But It's so cool to drive this thing and sit behind it. And then we got this big old John Deere tractor on the back. And then last night we were in New Mexico and we parked and it was like a gorgeous, perfect night out with a breeze and the sunset was beautiful. And we popped out the chairs and sat in front of the truck and ate our dinner. And yeah, didn't one of the drivers come up to you and speak to you while I was making food? Yep, I got to talk to a guy for a little bit, just kind of chit-chatting. He's like, people don't sit outside anymore. We're sitting out there in our lawn chairs. And I'm like, well, this is kind of true everywhere. You pull into your neighborhood, people push their button for their garage, it goes up. They pull in, they push the button, it goes down. You don't really see people outside as much as you used to. So like I say, we're not bringing sexy back, we're bringing friendly back. Right? Yeah. Teaching people how to be kind to one another and just saying hello. Spread the love. Right. Just a simple thing. Well, we did two weeks in hotels. And I got to tell you, it uh, I didn't enjoy it that much. You would think it'd be fun just to hang out in hotels and no. have free breakfast and stuff. But it's really nice to have our own bed. Yes, absolutely. Cozy. Comfy. Yes. It's not king size. Like, this thing isn't an apartment by any means, but it uh, it's spacious. 
We have lots of places to put things. Well, it reminds you of the traveling vans, the wanderlust vans that yes. are you see all over the country right now. Yes. Kind of comfy like that inside. Yes. But we're working out here. We're doing hard work. And that's one of the cool things about this show is we've recorded in a different place every time. So today we're coming to you from Buckeye, Arizona. It's currently, you know, 103 degrees out or something obnoxious. No, actually your dash says 106. Yeah. <laughs> That's Crazy. why we're sitting in the truck in the air conditioning. Yes. I couldn't breathe. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but we, it's funny because it even in the time that I've been trucking, which has been nine years now, I think... So much has changed. We have a microwave in here and a coffee maker and a air fryer. And it's it's like a little apartment. So yes. it's kind of cool. But And we're finding time to work out too. Yes. So that helps. We're yes. not just driving and parking for the night. And we're actually exercising when we find time as well. Yes. And we're getting ready to go to the Awaken Marriage Getaway this week. We're very excited to see... All of our awakened people, and we hear there's quite a few Salt Lake City awakened attendants that are going to Palm Springs. So we're really excited about that. Yes. Well, I told somebody the other day, I was like, I feel like I've been going nonstop since Christmas with no break, just from sunup to sundown, going 100 miles an hour, doing different things. You know, at first it was our business and selling that, then it was moving. And then it was just meeting with people in Iowa. I'm like, I'm really looking forward to the downtime of just doing nothing. Yes. I just want to do nothing. I'm going to sit at the pool. I'm going to do a little conference. And we're going to chill out and have a good time. So it's going to be great. So what are we talking about this week? Well, <laughs> you know, we've had some requests, actually, which has been really cool. But a lot of people are really wanting to dig in deeper to your story, Matt. Well, both of our stories, actually, but... I have no idea why. Today, we're going to talk about you. So oh we're going to do um, a Q&A between Matt and I. And actually, we discussed a little bit of Matt's story in episode one. We gave a summary of um, who we are, but we really want to focus in on your story and your story of brokenness. And how you went from brokenness and being flawed to redemption. You were restored. You had redemption. Yes. And so... And I can't even tell you how uncomfortable I am right now. This this should be interesting. <laughs> Nothing like getting grilled by your wife for the public to hear. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it seemed like your childhood was pretty good. You had a pretty good, stable childhood for the most part. Oh, yeah. I can't complain. I mean, as an adult, you look back on it and it's, you know, I really can't complain about it. When you're living in the moment as a kid, you're just oblivious to the world, right? So um, you reflect on it later as you, as an adult. And man, it was, I thought it was pretty good. You don't realize some things that are going on. And I just had fun all the time. I was always outside. I was always playing sports. I had close friends within walking distance and shouting distance from my mom. So, um, yeah, it was great. So you got off track at some point in your life. Yeah, right to the dirt, right? Yeah, let's go right to the, let's get right to the dirt. Um, you got off track. And so 
how old do you think you were? And tell us about it. Give our audience the, the scenery, the setting of your life when that all went down. Well, I don't know. It's hard to detail that specifically. I mean, in middle school, it was mischievous stuff. And, you know, early high school is kind of the same thing, just, you know, pushing the boundaries of things. But at some point in high school, I would say it was probably sophomore year, maybe into junior year. I don't know, something switched. I just, I, I really felt the need to just connect with people and try to get people to like me. And basically what that meant for me was, number one, I was a pretty good athlete. I was very involved in baseball. And so I connected with other athletes very well. But it didn't, like, I felt the need to connect with everyone. Like, everyone I came into contact with. So it kind of put me around some people that I probably shouldn't have been around. And remind the audience, you did not have Jesus in your life then, right? You did not have faith at that point. No, that didn't happen until I was 42. So I didn't understand any of that. Um, I went to various churches and things, but it was confusing. And I'm just like, okay, whatever. Um, I'm more focused on all this other stuff and just having fun with my friends and whatnot. So in high school, it was baseball, fishing, camping and then whatever kind of stuff I could do to impress people and get their acceptance. Okay. So elaborate on that. What do you mean by stuff? (laughs) So my thing, and I probably shouldn't go into too many particulars about this, but I kind of got in this thing where I would just go take things on dares. So it started really small, like, one time we go up to the gas station and I take like a two liter of soda or something. Um, but it escalated extremely fast to stuff that would probably land me in jail. But I don't know. I just. And this shocked me when I met you. I think it shocks everybody. Yeah. It definitely shocked my parents because at some point they kind of figured out what was going on. Cause one of my friends is like, Matt's doing bad things and you need to step in and, they did. and Because if you guys knew Matt today, or if you do know him and you're listening, he's a rule follower. Like, he literally will not let me cross the street without him looking both ways and putting his hand in front of me. Well, that's very true. <laughs> so A lot has changed in y- over the yes, years, right? absolutely. But yeah, I just, I don't know what it was. I, I wasn't into drugs or anything. Uh, we would drink beer every once in a while in high school, go to some parties here and there. But I don't know what it was about that. Like, How long did just, this last, Matt? I had to push some limits there for some reason. But I don't know. I think it started like my junior year and probably went even a little after graduating from high school. But there was a very interesting moment that kind of ended it for me. And it was, I was with two friends. I was in the back seat, and they were really jazzed about going and breaking into this car and taking like stereo equipment. And they said who it was. Well, it was a brother of one of my childhood friends. 
And so I said, stop the car. I don't want anything to do with this. And I don't know how many miles I was away from home. It was a long ways, probably seven, eight miles that I walked. But there was this point where I walked through some houses and I was going to cross the interstate and they had those big concrete barriers along the interstate, you know, so that you don't hear the cars. And I was, I scaled up this thing and I was sitting on it and I'm watching the cars go by and something just clicked in me. I just was like, what are you doing? Is this really who you want to be? Like, why, why are you trying to impress these people in this way? I just reflected and, and I, I think back on it and, you know, I feel like it was a, like a message from God more than anything that was, you know, Hey, stop what you're doing because you're going to land yourself in some serious trouble. And it just stopped from then. That was it. But there was karma. There was karma involved because well, karma, karma is not something we believe in just so our audience knows i mean there is an actual scripture in the bible in romans well i understand that but yeah. i'm using a term yes. so and call it whatever you want but there was a i don't know how long it was afterwards i had stereo equipment in my personal vehicle that i paid for and somebody cut a hole in my top because i had like this little suzuki samurai thing and took all my stuff and I was furious, which seems really silly. Like, oh, you're going to go take stuff and then you get mad when somebody does it to you. Um, yeah, it just, that was a bad feeling. And I'm like, okay, I get it. I get why you shouldn't do this. So it's funny that when we were talking about what we were going to discuss in this episode, I was studying and I, ac I actually fell into the scripture. It's Ephesians 4, 28. If you are a thief, quit stealing. Be honest and work hard. So you will have something to give to the people in need. Which is so you now. It's so, it's so crazy. It is me. Because you didn't even know God. You didn't even know the scripture existed. Right, I didn't. And I take a lot of pride in how hard I've worked. You do work hard. Um, my entire life, like I've really stepped into everything that I've gotten into over the years and just went all in and worked as hard as I could um, for various different reasons. But it's interesting. That's an interesting scripture that goes along with that. Yeah. And so after that, what would you say the next milestones were for you that you just sort of kind of were off track? Like, well, after that, you know, since I really didn't have an identity, I really didn't know who I was. You know, I wasn't around the same type of crowd, but I kind of jumped into another crowd of people, um, kind of the athlete thing, playing, you know, like intramural sports, basically. And I got around that crowd and then it was like, it was a completely different vibe. It seemed completely innocent. But, it, you know, there was a lot of drinking a beer and hanging out. And but you, I look back on it now and the whole mentality around that group of people was um, they just weren't very respectful of women, I guess. And so as I got older and I started getting into relationships, um, I felt like I made a, made 
some mistakes in terms of how I was treating women and stuff. Interesting. And so I've reflected on that a lot as I've gotten older because I've also been married twice, divorced twice. And I think this is a big product of, you know, what my mentality was going into that. It was more of, oh, what am I getting out of this? And just like almost a general lack of respect there um, towards women. And I don't know. I mean, it was a, it was a few different things that went into that, but I felt like that was a kind of a piece that, you know, it seemed completely innocent. Like you're hanging out with guys, you're not really doing anything illegal, but it really kind of molded my thinking of how I treated my relationships. So, you know, I got into that and then it was, as you got older, then I was really sinking myself into my career, but it was always this thing of searching, searching, searching. I was searching for the right relationship. I was searching for the right job. I was searching for what I could purchase next to bring me happiness. I really didn't know how to get there. Like I didn't know what that meant. No one gives you a, a roadmap of that. At least in my world, I know what the roadmap is now, <laughs> but at the time when you're living in the world, you don't have Jesus. Like, where do you go? Where do you look to? You look to the people around you who you're placing around you. And it wasn't that I'd necessarily put awful people around me. It's just no one knew really where to put their identity and how to find joy in their life and happiness. And so I'm just like, well, this must be part of life. You just go and find it. So it's interesting. Nobody that was in your path, they were followers. They weren't followers of Jesus. No one planted the seeds on you. I mean, at least not openly. Uh-huh. Um, maybe there was somebody. I don't really know. I, I don't. Do you think that that's a problem today that there's not enough people that plant those seeds into other people because they're lacking boldness? Oh, absolutely. You know, I was trying to figure out who I was as a man and I was putting the wrong people, not the wrong people around me, but not people that were pushing me, not people were that were saying, Hey, you're stepping out of bounds. I was putting people around me that just wanted to have fun and, and didn't correct anything that I did wrong. And, and I mean, in their defense, they were in the same place I was. Yes. So, so it wasn't like you're putting yourself around people that leveled you up no, or sharpened your iron. Not at all. Yeah. We were just about getting together and having fun. Yeah. And so we don't have a ton of time because we, I really want to talk to you about, um, just how you were restored and redeemed. But what do you want to say about, you know, your two marriages prior to me? How did that affect you? I don't want to say nothing. <laughs> <laughs> okay. No, it I mean, how could it not affect you? Um, but I think it's one of those things where if you don't have a foundation to stand on, you're just you're basically both tumbling over trying to grab onto each other and anything you can to keep it going or whatever. But I, I don't know. I mean, they were two separate entirely thing, you know, entire relationships. 
the first one was more i didn't feel like i was happy in it so i decided to make it make a decision and and move on and the second one was more of a more of a hurt aspect and can you elaborate on that well i mean it was just one of those things where I don't think either of us was mentally focused on what was going to make the marriage succeed. And so there was some drifting on her side of the fence. And, and, you know, I just, I'm like, I don't, I'm, I'm not rolling that way. So I, I just pulled ship and went, went a different direction. But, you know, as I got out of that, I knew that I, I guess when I got out of it, I knew that being in a relationship, being married was something that I wanted. I at least wanted some a life partner to live out my days. I didn't want to be alone. Because she um, emotionally hurt you so badly, did you think you'd be able to get into another relationship and trust again? Especially not having a firm foundation. Well, I didn't know what to think. I mean, I, you know, as I mentioned in the first episode... That was part of my reasoning to giving my life to Jesus was because I was just in this place of hurt. And I was, and one of the things I said was, am I supposed to be alone? Because if I am, I will be. And of course, you know, we all know the answer to that question. The answer is no. But I certainly knew that there were some things I needed to do on my end before I could even think about entering another relationship with somebody because I remember early on, even with you, I was going, I'm going to ruin this. I'm going to, this is going to crash and burn. I just know it. And I almost like forcibly dismantled it just so I didn't have to worry about it blowing up in my face. Mm, Wow. So when, when we were just speaking about, you know, the moment when you, found Jesus and you, you, you did talk about this in episode one about how you just kind of fell to your knees and cried out to God. Um, and you didn't even know, is there really a God? But if there is, you know, I was pretty sure there was, yeah, I want to know you're here. Right. I mean, the logical side of me thought it made sense. Right. Well, and you're, and you're a wise soul, but I found the scripture also that reminds me of you. Um, Psalms 34, 17. When his people pray for help, he listens and rescues them from their troubles. 18. The Lord is there to rescue all who are discouraged and have given up hope. When you say at that moment you had given up hope and you felt really Um, discouraged. I mean, if I'm being 100% honest, there's more times in my life that I could probably even count that I've given up hope. That's always been kind of my go-to is whenever I just back myself into a horrible corner i'm like i'm done like i can't do it anymore um to the point where i've had guns to my head and and would be driving down the road and be like i'm just gonna pull in front of the semi you know because i know it'll be quick um i can't even tell you how many times i've had those thoughts so, I mean, it was a struggle for me. And the, I think the majority of people that knew me, like 
thought they knew me really well had no idea whatsoever. Well, I absolutely had no idea. I've known you for many years and um, I had no idea when you had told me that side of you. Yeah. And it makes me think, and now I know there's many, many men out there, strong men that you, you view as a healthy man that yeah. probably struggle with the same depression or the same suicidal thoughts. Yeah. Well, the struggle for me was I felt like if I asked somebody for help, that I was just being weak, which just sounds dumb, right? Like you're already in this weak moment, but I don't want to seem weak to somebody else. Like I'm a man, I got to be tough. Right. And I got to, I just got to plow my way through whatever's in front of me right now. And I didn't have the courage to ask people. And it was probably a little bit of pride, you know, got in the way. Um, well, and the world views submission as a sign of weakness, you know, and the difference is, is submission to God is Christ-like. And it's actually an indication of significant strength Yeah, where I think the world just sees it as, you know, weakness when we're not independent, right? Yeah. When we're not. Well, you know, even, even after I was going for church, you know, to church for a while and really learning the Bible and, and navigating this relationship with Jesus. Like I still, I still struggled with this. I mean, this, this went on up until what, a couple of years ago, we were having discussions about this stuff and you know, it wasn't until I got the courage to actually start talking to some other men and being real about what was going on with me, did the actual healing start beginning. And where were these men? At my church. You know, it started in Connect Group and it was just short conversations after, after church ser service was over. And then, you know, men's prayer group was in the morning and started diving into some of that stuff. And, you know, that's the, I can't even explain to you just the 180 I've done there because I got vulnerable for a few minutes and I got some courage and I just said, I'm going to do this because I've got men here that are willing to stand with me and help me navigate these problems. So I don't want to say anybody cheerlead me. It was nothing like that, but they're like, listen. The only way you're going to move forward is by getting really uncomfortable, really getting vulnerable and sharing some feelings. And if you can do that, I promise you something will happen on the other end of it. And it was so true. So do you think after you found that freedom that that's when you began to grow in your relationship with Jesus and in your other relationships too? Yeah. I mean, once you start to understand what the Bible is, who God is, the power that comes along with that, it changed everything. It absolutely changed everything. And, you know, I, I'm, I say this to people all the time. I'm like, I'm doing things now in other people's lives I never thought in a million years I would be doing. Like, ever. It's just bizarre. It was so bizarre to me at first. Like, wait a second, you want me to pray for you? 
like that was like the scariest thing out of the gate was hey matt come over and pray for this guy i'm like are you kidding me right now no way <laughs> like and it's because of the whole thing of you know I don't want to sound like a fool. I don't want to sound stupid. Like I've never done this before, but man, when you get the right people around you that instead of picking out your flaws, telling you what you're doing wrong, but actually prop you up and support you and cheerlead you, man, what a difference. Like that changed my perspective about so many things in life because I was just trying to navigate everything on my own. Like everything. Yeah. And from for me, being your wife on the outside looking in, it's amazing because, you know, for me to see how he takes this really good man, right? In my eyes, a good man that's flawed, you know, that um, didn't know Jesus and then came into finding Jesus and you're forgiven. You ask for forgiveness. You know, you God, you accepted him in your heart. I mean, that's why Jesus died on the cross, right? So he took this really broken, flawed man, and then he changed you. He restored you. So here you are being restored, and then you're redeemed. And now he's using you for his glory, right? Um, I just think it's so cool how now you can reach other people in those areas because you've been there. You've done it, right? And I think yeah. so many people, not just men, but women too, think, oh, it's too late. I've already messed up. My life's too messy. I've made too many mistakes. I've sinned too much. I'll never find my way out of this. Not yeah. true, right? right? Wouldn't you agree? Well, I feel like there's something that's always kind of a light switch to people, you know, especially in the Christian community. You start talking to people and there's always, they can always reflect on something that just kind of like lit them on fire, right? And I remember uh, what it was for me. It was when we saw Dr. Pastor Matt Hubbard, Matt Hubbard from Awaken San Diego. And, you know, it's so interesting because you can read the Bible and you can hear all these messages, but somebody will say something in a way that you're just like, Oh, what, like what just happened? And it seems so obvious at the time, but, he would just made this comment about, you know, how many broken people in the Bible there are that Jesus used, you know, and, you know, one of the most mentioned is Moses, you know, he's like a murderer and like just this awful guy and God just takes him and does all these amazing things with him. Um, but something registered to me and I just, I started to realize that, I don't have to live in my circumstances of my life. Everything that happened, I don't have to sit and try to redeem myself from that over and over and over and over again. Because that was the cycle I was in. And that's the lie that Satan wants to, to put on you. Like he wants you to right. repeat that lie. Yeah. yeah. You're an awful husband. You're an awful Father, you you haven't succeeded in in certain areas of your career, like whatever it was. Like I looked at almost everything as a failure, and maybe some of it you probably could chalk it up to that. But 
I think it was more of a way of thinking than anything, but, you know, I carried a lot of shame because of being divorced. I carried a lot of shame and guilt because I got divorced and I had two kids. Was I doing what I needed to do in that aspect? And I just, I just carried it like every single day. It was like this giant weight just. And, and, and God doesn't want you to carry that because that's why he sent his son to die on the cross and to, to rise again. Right. Because he now is carrying your burdens. Right. That's why he did that. So that you could be freed from carrying that. But Satan wants to just put that baggage on you and he wants you to carry that. Yeah, and that's where my freedom came from was, okay, it's done. There's nothing you can do about it. It's done. You can lay it at the cross. Yes. And what are you going to do now? Today's day one. What are you going to do now? Let's go. So, yeah, it's just, there's something powerful in that, that you can just go, all right. It's clean. Yeah. And so what's interesting is I want to share the story about when shortly after you and I had met and we started dating and I had a dream about you. Um, And I would have these like visions of Matt all the time that he was actually on stage and he was like a pastor. He was a pastor and he was on stage and he was vicarious and just making everybody laugh and he's really good at connecting with people so I was just like visually seeing him in detail on stage and I'd be like no god you do have a sense of humor god you do have a sense of humor I still laugh about it yeah (laughs) no like I still laugh about that yes like it's still funny to me yeah and then Before the Awaken Conference last July in 2021, we had went kayaking. Where did we go kayaking? It was the Flaming... Flaming Gorge. Flaming Gorge in Utah. Amazing place. Amazing. Um, And we went kayaking and Matt had made a comment. He said, you know, I just, I, I really don't like my job right now. I don't like my career right now. I just feel stuck. I feel stuck. It's not about my, my actual place of employment. It's just, I feel stuck. And I feel like I'm too, I'm too old and it's too late to make a change. And I was like, that is the devil lying to you. He is filling your head with lies. Cause that's not true. It's never too late and you're never too old. And then we, st- and I go, wh-, and I joked and I go, well, you could always be a pastor. Remember I used to get that vision all the time. And we laughed, we chuckled and we went to the Waking Conference the next weekend, and Dr. Pastor Matt Hubbard was up on stage, gave a great message, and then he said, he has a prophetic gifting, and he said, you know, I just want to speak to some of you out in the audience right now. He said, um, I, have some, I have some words for some of you. And I almost forgot about that because that was, he spoke about shame, and I literally felt it break off me like I felt it and I heard you breathe like take a deep breath yeah yeah like my whole body just released yeah it was tense and then it was just it just all released off me yeah it was the coolest thing but I remember when he 
when he, he said, I have a word for a man out there. He said, there's a man out there right now that is wanting to make a big change in his life, but he feels stuck that he thinks that it's too late and he's too old. He said those very words that you had said while we were kayaking the weekend before. And I'm here to tell you from God that (laughs) Abraham's a great example of you're never too old. The story about Abraham in the Bible. And I all of a sudden hear Matt weeping next to me and I hear this deep breath. He takes this deep breath and I feel his body just release again. And the Holy Spirit just overcame him because it was him. It was him that Dr. Matt was speaking about. And yeah. And I'm not a pastor, no. but I have ministered to quite a few people at this point. Yes. Um, but our, our friend, our girlfriend during that worship that morning came up to Matt and looked at him and said, Matt, you're going to be a pastor someday. And he looked at her and said, what? It still makes me chuckle. Yeah. Time will tell. So I, <laughs> I showed up and Matt goes, Jess, you should hear what she just said to me, that I'm going to be a pastor I'm like, oh man, the vision. Oh but boy. Yes. I mean, we don't, we, we're not sure if that's. Yeah. Yeah. But ministry definitely is a calling that's been put on our lives and definitely. And that means so many different things. Yes. So we've yeah. just done so many cool things since. and Yeah. Definitely have an anointing on us. And that was prophesied. Um, there's actually a quote by Craig Gorshel, he's actually um, a pastor of Life Church, and it says, you don't have to be approved by man if you are appointed by God. We don't have to have man's approval, especially if you're appointed by God. No, I, I'm always telling people I'm unoffendable. Like at this stage of my life, I'm closing in on 50, which I'm super excited about for some reason. <laughs> but... Uh, uh... I don't know. I felt like I've been through so much and I've kind of take this long road to figure out who I am. Like I feel completely unoffendable. So it's a good quote. Um, another good one too, by Benjamin Lundquist. If, if any of you don't follow him, I'd recommend following him. He's got a great Instagram. Benjamin Lundquist is his name. He um, made a quote. The moment you take extreme ownership of everything in your life is the moment everything begins to change. And that's exactly, in a nutshell, what you did, Matt. You took ownership of the old you, the old Matt, and now you're, I mean, there's totally a lot of There's new. a lot of truth in that because it does, it does take a little bit of effort. I didn't get to this point. And by, ownership's uncomfortable, like you said. Yeah. And that's, that's the point. The main point of this is, you know, whatever, whatever happened, I can't remember exactly when it was. It was probably after the whole Dr. Matt thing where I kind of went to an, a new level. And, and it was because I made the commitment to say, okay, God, if you give me something, I promise you, I will step into it. I promise you. Because as Pastor Dr. Matt always says, you know, he got into this because he wanted to see radical things happen. And that really resonated with me, which is partially somewhat of the reason why we've created the radical road, because 
I wanted to do radical things too. And well, and, and I, God and, wanted us to do radical things, yes. right? And I just knew the only way I was going to get there was okay, you have to just take that mentality of worrying about what everybody thinks and just go for it in every instance. And that's what I did. Like I literally made the commitment to go, okay, I'm doing it. I don't care how uncomfortable it makes me, how weird it makes me look. I'm going all in and we're going to see what happens. And I, I can't even put into words the things I've seen and the things I've done over the last couple of years. Like it's absolutely insane. It's completely radical. You know, we go and, and we do you have fun? Well, me and my good buddy Ted Miller, who, you know, the Millers, Ted and Lynn, we uh did a connect group with them. And Ted and I, you know, we start praying together as a group collectively with people, and we're doing the connect group, and then one day me and Ted baptized somebody. This, in the this young man up in the mountains, which you're probably not supposed to do, but we did it anyway. And we were just like, every time we were do something Religious like this, exemption. every time we <laughs> do something like this, we would just look at each other and start laughing. And <laughs> after the baptism, we're laughing and Ted makes this comment. He's like, who said Christianity is boring? And I'm like, touche. Like... <laughs> It is so not boring. No, it's fun. It, it, it's so much. It's so rewarding and so fun to see well, when you take what God a, does with when people. When you take a person who is just absolutely stuck in life and you can literally just spend a couple hours with them and completely pivot them in a new direction. Well, and then to see God's power and authority work through them. Yes. Right? Yeah. Some people become powerhouses in God. It's so rewarding. I love that. Like, I just love when somebody goes, I'm stuck. Will you guys come help me? Right. And we... And it doesn't mean that we're free from suffering, even though... we have, Me and you? Well, yeah. It, any <laughs> any follower, really. Like, right. it's not promised that we're no, free no, from no. suffering no. on earth. I mean, we're no. on earth, right? So... There's no, always going to be a level of suffering, but I think yeah. it's easier to defeat the enemy when yeah. you're more secure in Christ. Well, your lens of suffering changes too. Exactly. You well put things that start happening that are bad to you, your perspective of it changes so much and you just kind of know how to deal with it. And then it doesn't become a problem where it was for me where I'm having suicidal thoughts and stuff right. like that doesn't exist for me anymore. There's great freedom in that. So Boom. when you can take, and this is like, and this goes back to what I was saying earlier about Moses and people in the Bible that Jesus used. He takes something like that and he gives you power in that to help other people because you have an understanding of what they're going through. You know how to attack it. And you know how to bring people freedom in that. So my story resonates with people and it helps me to understand people's trials and tribulations. Yeah. So we should probably wrap it up since we're running out of time. But, you know, I think it's really important that if there's anybody out there 
that's listening to this and they're struggling as well, or they feel like they're too far gone or they're stuck um, or they've gone through the same, um, you know, messiness that Matt has went through in his life. Just know that you're not alone and it's never too late and that you are loved and that your identity is and should be found in Jesus because that's why he died on the cross so that you could walk free. Yes. I just, you know, I look at so many different people and that are just stuck that don't want to hear the message of God, the message of the Bible. And I just know that if they understood what I knew, they would, they could gain the same, same freedom as me. So that can be frustrating, but that's the reason why we're doing this, right? Yes. Is so we can send this message to as many people as possible and help people find their freedom from whatever it is they're, they're dealing with, whatever they're stuck in. Yeah. And if you are in a serious situation and you have any questions or need prayer, again, don't forget to email us at Matt and Jess at on the radical road.com. Yes. So anything else? We love emails. Yes. Anything else? Heck, I don't know. I feel exhausted now. I'm ready for bed. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Rad Roadies. We will talk to you in the next episode and we will see you on the road.